Welcome to the Wounded Healers Podcast. I'm Janessa. And I'm Amy. We were brought together by our shared wound of an autoimmune condition in our early 20s. This is a place where we explore our wounds with our listeners and guests who recognize the challenges of being human in hopes of helping all of us let let the the light light in. in. Hey, Amy. Hi, Janessa, and hello to everybody listening. Welcome back to the Wounded Healers podcast. Yay, it's the holiday season, and you're here, and we're excited to have you here. Woot, woot. <laughs> my little woot, woot. Woot, woot. That sounds like my mom. All right. Oh, no, does, does your mom do that? Um, yeah, my mom will do little weird sounds that are excited, and I'm becoming my mom. So yes. I guess, you know, I do these now. So woot, woot. I love it. I love that. You and her will be whoop whooping together over the festive season yes we will into the new year (laughs) yeah and if you are listening to this i believe it is the just before new year's it is this weekend Mm -hmm. you will be celebrating new year's eve how cool um so what do you think of new year's janessa as a celebration does it make Uh, you feel good or does it make you feel bad you know what historically historically like I've been alive forever <laughs> um historically in my life new year's has been actually really fun yeah and they started becoming really fun in college um m- like middle school high school it was like yeah maybe we'll stay up and watch the ball drop with the family yeah. um have some apple cider go to bed um but in college when I met Zach that was when I had the most fun New Year's like we had a spontaneous New Year's one time went to an 80s cover band show in Seattle and we sung our hearts out like it was so fun and then every New Year's from there on in college just got like better and better um but now it's kind of died down for me now that I'm like I don't know I'm now that I'm working and more established I'm like okay like I don't really have the energy to be up till 12 a.m time so (laughs) still fun but I'm just not as spunky as I used to be I guess yeah yeah how about you I I mean similar so I never really liked New Year's I never really liked New Year's Eve um I just felt I don't know I felt like there was a lot of pressure (laughs) to have a good time Mm -hmm. and I never like I never have a good time if there's pressure to have a good time. Like someone, you know, if someone yeah. organizes a big night out under anything, not just New Year's, but I just, I never enjoy it. Um, so yeah, I always felt that way about New Year's. And then um, my grandma died on New Year's Eve, like four years ago or something. Aww. And then I was just like, no, I definitely really hate this. <laughs> like, so mm-hmm. now, um, yeah. So all the time now I kind of think about that. Um, so yeah, I've never been a New Year's Eve girl, but this year it might be cute. We're going, um, out for a little dinner with some friends, which is like a, maybe a nice classy way to do it. Um, but yeah, never been, never been, never been at his. (laughs) Hoping it'll be classy. Yeah. (laughs) Put on a nice outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Going to get dressed up. Um, that's what gets me. Yeah. It's like to be able to get dressed up for something. Mm-hmm. yeah that is a that is a lot of fun um yeah <laughs> so that's what I think about New Year's. awesome <laughs> well I hope for our listeners I hope you have something fun planned whether that be a pajama uh movie mm. dinner or going out to a fancy dinner whatever you're up to or if you're gonna party you know party responsibly <laughs> yes <laughs> yes that is yeah mm-hmm. oh my god I can't I can't even imagine like literally going out to a part like a proper party for New Year's. Yeah. That and I'm I don't have it in me anymore. No, but I'm only <laughs> 30. But like I just can't even <laughs> I can't even imagine that. Yeah. How you even how... I know. I feel like my younger self is just like rolling over right now because <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I can't do that anymore. 29. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um oh, yeah. yeah, a hot or not this um this week is related to new year's as well a seasonal hot or not we are going to discuss new year's resolutions and whether they are hot mm-hmm. or not um well i think new well <laughs> starting in there 
Um, New Year's resolutions, I used to be so into these when I was younger. Like, I remember when I was, like, growing up, I would get my journal out, get some glittery gel pen going, and, like, put in, you know, pictures, like, I don't know, little stick figures of what I wanted. I'm not really good at drawing. Um, And flowers, and, like, I was really like, this year my room's going to be pink, or this year I'm going to do this. (laughs) And um, then what would inevitably happen for me is that there was no action behind these wands. So these, like, Mm -hmm. sparkly-ass lists of what I wanted to do would just sit on my wall for a year until it was time to write, like, the next one. And I was like, well, didn't really do that. Yeah. Um, So I think for me... The idea of writing them down is really fun, but if there's no connection to, like, how you will achieve your New Year's goal, mm-hmm. I don't think it's hot. Okay. It's not hot. It just sits there. Yeah. Glittery and sad. It's just like a wish list without the, mm-hmm. yeah, without the action behind it. Interesting. Yeah. So you do you think any of your wishes ever came true? Any of your New Year's, Eve, New Year's yes, resolutions came true when you were did. younger? Yeah. yeah. Some of them I was really good about, like, later in life. Uh, like, rock climbing was one oh. of them. Um, it was before I'd ever rock climbed. I was like, this year I'm going to rock climb four times because I didn't know if I'd be able to. And then that took off. Mm-hmm. And another one was um, this year it was for 2023. No, it was my 2022 resolution. Um, I wanted to go to more concerts Mm -hmm. and that year I went to like the most concerts I've ever been to with Leah one of my friends like we just bought tickets recklessly we're like oh they're playing let's go like we don't even know how we'll get there let's go it worked we did it nice nice Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of not a big fan of New Year's Eve but Mm -hmm. I am a big fan of New Year's resolutions Um, I think it's always good to like keep looking forward and the whole the micro goal thing I think is really powerful like not not focusing on like a long-term goal but just being like what can I achieve in this one year um absolutely what you said like there has to be the action behind it um I remember one of my new year's resolutions for this year was to do a pull-up <laughs> the way the way I am so fucking far <laughs> from being able to do a pull-up is hilarious um, yeah. but yeah obviously you don't um you don't know what's going to crop up that year so a lot of a lot of these things coming into like being realized are dependent on your circumstances and those things can change um pretty quickly without warning as we know from RA um but no I think it's a really good idea to sit down and think about where you want to be and things that you can do to help yourself get there like yeah how can that not be hot? Yeah, no, that's true. I think I like what you said, micro goals. Mm. I think that was always my problem when I yeah. brought out those gel pens. I was like, all right, this whole room's going to be yeah. in like a year. And I'm like, well, not really. But yeah, I think micro goals are more achievable and they're realistic. Mm. So yeah, you're not setting yourself up for failure because I think if we get our goals too big, we haven't set ourselves up for success yeah. because we need to achieve those little things to like show the connection we have to them and show ourselves as possible yeah I think that's good I think a really cute idea mm-hmm. if you don't want to do like goals or resolutions is to like write mm-hmm. a letter to your future self to open next new year's eve um and just be like some thoughts about where you are in that moment maybe be like what's happened to you the mm-hmm. previous year how it's made you feel and maybe like some hopes of what you want things to look like by the end of this year um because it's just fun to like forget about things and then like open them again and be like oh my god this person and like see how Mm -hmm. much you've changed and grown we did that my whole family did that on new year's eve 2020 but we did it to open on new year's eve 2030 and it was like predictions of what the world would be like oh my god that's that that's so hot it feels weird saying that after that but that's a hot that's a hot hot I want to do that yeah do it do that you've inspired me do it yeah and I've still got seven years until I get to oh wait maybe six now six no is it six anyway the maths the maths is nothing um (laughs) but yeah the maths (laughs) but yeah um we're nearly we're getting there we're chipping away um, so yeah, that's my that's my fun mm-hmm. alternative. If you don't want to make any resolutions, just write a write a cute little letter or a note to your future self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so moving on to the topic of today's podcast, and um, something we've both been mm-hmm. wanting to talk about for a while, I think, um, something that impacts all people, especially women, especially people with sickness and mm-hmm. autoimmune diseases, um, and that's body image. And I think we were maybe debating, like, should we try and get someone professional on to talk about this with us? But then we've just decided to go for it. Because um, yeah, what it. profession do you need apart from having a body and growing up in this society? Yeah, you're an expert in it already, honey. <laughs> yeah. Whether or not you know it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. I had a good question to start this off, if you want, Janessa. Mm-hmm. At what age did you become conscious of your body? Ooh. I became aware of my body really early on, actually. And I, yeah, I think I was probably like third grade. Yeah. What's that? It must have been around like maybe eight, I think, around eight ish. Ooh, sorry if that's not third grade, folks. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I became aware of my body in third grade. So I think that would have been around like eight years old. Um, wow, that's young. And yeah, it really was. I Mostly because I was definitely a chunkier kid. Like I was always okay. a big kid. And um, the school we went to, the kids, some kids were also big, but not many. And I also had at that time, it was kind of like, more humble beginnings like my mom a lot of you know had me at 17 and like my clothes were not cool clothes because my mom couldn't afford cool clothes so I just have very average Mm -hmm. clothes and the school I was going to at that time was in an affluent area and my mom was able to get me in um she was able to like work at that school for a little bit and help get me into it but the problem was I just didn't I didn't have like I just didn't look the part. I just was bigger. Yeah. I wore clothes that weren't cute. They were just average clothes. And um <clears throat> excuse me. And I do remember being so self-conscious of that, like having people see like that I didn't have um I think at the time it was like Roxy was really big and Fox, Ooh. like these brands that are just like ancient now, but um still around somewhat. But, um, yeah, I didn't have those kinds of jackets, and all the kids were wearing those, and I didn't want them to see I had, like, a Walmart jacket or an Old Navy jacket, so I would, like, really try to, like, cut tags off or, um, yeah, I was so self-conscious of of appearing as if I didn't belong, because I already felt like I didn't belong in the school. So, um, yeah, that's when I became aware of my body, I think. What about you? I... um... (laughs) So not, mine wasn't as young, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like my whole childhood, it wasn't uh-huh. an issue for me, and I never really thought about it. Um, but I I don't think, like, I think I was always quite normal-sized as a child. So, like, I did, there was no, mm-hmm. no good. It was never pointed out to me. I had really big ears. I'm not sure you know this about me, Janessa, but I had my ears pinned mm-hmm. back when I was, like, what? 11. So oh. I had, like, like my I don't, do you have I don't know if that's the term you would use in America but like my ears used to be like big and I had surgery on them to make them go back I didn't even know that was a thing until this moment yeah oh <laughs> so I was that was one thing I was conscious of not my like not my actual body shape size mm-hmm. or whatever but I was really conscious of my ears I used to get teased um about them um so I like I think yeah just just starting off that plastic surgery at age 11 you know is never a uh, <laughs> it's never um it was never gonna set me up for a life of security let me tell you that much and um, that's that's one way to uh, build up a lot of insecure feelings is to just start your plastic surgery journey in your childhood um but yeah so I had that done um and that was yeah that was definitely kind of made me wary of my appearance but then my actual like the shape and size of my body and like my weight didn't start to bother me until like mid secondary school so Mm. probably um like very early teens I remember Mm. like a vivid memory for me is um 
watching the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Yes. And like that, like for the first time, it was 2006 was the first one I watched. So I was 13. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, oh, I would really <laughs> love it if my body looked like that. Yes. <laughs> no. But like, I don't think I was like looking at my own body and being like, this isn't good enough. I was just like, wow, that's top tier. That's what I would like. Um, yeah, that's when that's when I really saw like women's bodies. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'd love to be like that, not like me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it, that stands out to me because that I remember watching Victoria's Secret's shows and also huge in the U.S. at that time was MTV. And mm-hmm. when I was growing up, they were still playing music videos like all morning yeah. long. So I would turn the TV on um, like while I was getting ready to hear music, but I'd inevitably watch a little bit of it. And Britney Spears had a music video at the time out. I think it was the I'm a Slave for You one, which is like yeah. an awful name. I just want to put out there, but we get it, right? And so, um, yeah, she was like very like minimally dressed in that. And I remember being like, wow, like she seemed like super powerful in that video. And mm-hmm. I was like, I want to look mm-hmm. like that. Like I want to have like that confidence. And same with the Victoria's Secrets show. I think I just was mostly interested in the way people reacted to these women it wasn't even necessarily Mm -hmm. their body it was the fact that I knew that everybody else there knew that that quote-unquote was a good body at that time you know yeah completely Mm -hmm. and I felt that I mean this is obviously Brittany is in incredible shape or was Mm -hmm. in incredible shape um but I feel like the girls in the Victoria's Secret like took it to like a different level I feel like a lot of like pop stars around that time Mm -hmm. were like slim but they weren't like mish like they weren't like they didn't have like muscly arms and like six packs you know Mm -hmm. like like Christina Aguilera and Britney they were like soft slim Mm -hmm. but like the Victoria's Secret was like ripped slim yes those girls yeah. worked out for sure that's like, yeah that's why that's like I feel like that was kind of different I feel like we were lucky to grow up with mm-hmm. like the 90s I feel like women oh, I was gonna say women in the 90s weren't that skinny but like K-Moss and all that shit that came from the 90s didn't it yeah they're like so heroin I take chic. that back <laughs> but like when I was thinking of like the Spice Girls and like they mm-hmm. weren't like rakes they were like normal oh. size I felt you know yeah I guess I guess I don't really remember what they looked like back in the day I just remember their songs and I think Victoria Beckham ended up being the one that the U.S. really clung to for the most part (laughs) sorry if I make any any uh judgments here people but I think we did um and yeah I just remember her being kind of smaller but she also just seemed shorter so I don't know yeah and I think that was Mm -hmm. she got really skinny like when she was like married to David and she had her like wag era but mm-hmm. back when like Spice Girls were first starting she yeah. wasn't like that she wasn't like the skin and bones that she was when like he came to America mm, she it. like took on a different like she was a bit more normal um oh. but yeah anyway that was like that so all of that time around mm-hmm. that era was when I just started seeing people that looked um not how I looked and that's when I was like no I'd like to look like that yeah yeah no it definitely became a goal of mine at like a really young age that like Mm. I understood exactly what was recognized as attractive Mm. and I was like oh someday I want to be like that yeah yeah did you start do you think you started like calorie restricting or like denying Mm. yourself food or like did you start to try and like control your weight through food when you were a teenager um yeah Mm, yes and no I think I did at times um but it was weird because I when I got to high school I okay so I developed really fast so I got my period around like fifth grade which was before most of my peers had their period by like about two years I don't know why I got it so early I just did and um so I had boobs by like the time I was in seventh grade I had like on boobs and I just have to I just have to interject so quickly because Uh that's so relevant to something that I saw on the internet the other day girls without a father figure girls Uh whose dads aren't around them get statistically proven that they start their periods way earlier than their peers when they have their if a if a girl has her father with her 
So Whoa. that's that's crazy because that, that lines, lines up, up to you. That's why, yeah. That's I mean, crazy. that statistic for sure. Because I just remember yeah. getting it and being like, "What the fuck is this?" Do you know? That's so <laughs> and, young. Wow. Yeah. So I when I started middle school, I already had boobs. I already had a butt. Um, I yeah. already looked way more developed than any of the other oh. girls in my class. But it made me self-conscious again because, again, I was sticking out but not in the way I wanted to. It's not like people are like, wow, she's hot. It just is like weird. Are you supposed to be in like two grades higher than us? Like it just felt strange. Um, Mm. And then people kind of caught up. So at that time, I wasn't as self-conscious. I just about my weight. I was more like, "Uh oh, I'm self-conscious that I have boobs right now. And all the other girls don't have boobs yet. And like, yeah that was rough and then high school was pretty normal I I actually liked my weight a little bit in high school because I started playing um, sports and I lost a lot of weight because I was mostly just playing sports and um nice at that time I wasn't really muscular but I was smaller a little bit more petite and um yeah but I've never been like small small like if you're from the U.S. I think the smallest I was is like a size 10 to 12 in jeans. Um, so 10 in high school and then became like a 12 towards the end of high school. Yeah. Okay. But I guess that's like, that's like a curvy. That also like just pays into like the curvy figure. Yeah. This butt can't well. fit into a lot of jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hauling a lot of junk in this trunk. Damn it. <laughs> but I think that's probably really powerful think you like mm-hmm. yeah it's probably really powerful that you were playing sport in high school because that yeah. your body served a different purpose to you than mm-hmm. to just like be an object that you wanted to like control to look good like you would your body you had a use for mm-hmm. your body playing sport and I think that's yeah. like something it's like a really powerful way to change your body image I'm sure we'll get onto this later but like that I think that's that's like the one best thing you can do to make yourself feel better about your body is to use mm-hmm. it for something beneficial. So it like yeah. it takes on a role that isn't just existing. Mm-hmm. And so I yeah, that. I think that's probably why you played into why you had good feelings about it because it was doing something for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I would say at that time I was pretty satisfied with my body. Um, <sighs> But yeah, and then college got weird with that. Uh-huh. Oh. I mean, college years, early 20s was when I got really self-conscious all over again. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, oh no, like, I guess culturally um, for where I grew up, I thought college was like, you're going to go learn, you're going to become a professional, but you're also gonna have a lot of sex. That's literally what the movies show us. They're like, you're going to get drunk and have a lot of sex. <laughs> and so I was like, oh my God. I'm going into this, like, phase of my life, and I, like, don't even know if people want to sleep with me, because now it has occurred to me that that depends on how you look, if you're attractive to them, too. Mm-hmm. So I was like, am I attractive? I went through this whole, like, oh. cycle of thoughts, and was like, I don't know. So, yeah, that was a rough time, too. Early 20s are weird. And why did you, mm-hmm. why did you have doubts that people were attracted to you? Um, I had doubts because that's a really good question. Okay. So in high school, I was net. Okay. This actually makes me so sad and I hate to admit it to people, but I actually never got asked to a dance ever by a boy. And I wanted to go to prom and this friend I have, um, still have him as a friend, Michael Hole. He, I finally reached out to him. I was like, Michael, will you just take me to prom like please like I just don't want to be the only like girl without like a guy and um he was like I'm so sorry I already asked this girl Ariel and I was like oh no and he's like and I would feel really bad like backing out that wouldn't be right to her and I was like no that's like a really good decision you know (laughs) so my friend at the time um who's still my friend my friend Simone was like, no one asked me either. Let's just go together. And that is before it was like cool to do that. Because now I see girls all the time on Instagram who are like, girly prom. And it's just you go with your girlfriends. It was okay. not cool when we did it. And so, yeah, we went together. Oh. And we like got our dresses and we went in the limo with all the cute, like couple looking people and sat together. And we had a good time. I mean, we just 
fucked around and laughed a lot at prom and like I don't know it was just but it it was weird I think that's why I always doubted Mm -hmm. my attractiveness was Mm -hmm. because I never experienced like a I also have never until my husband been asked on a date in my life no one ever asked me on a date I asked them on dates and they were like yeah and they were super down but no one would ever ask me on a date so when my husband was like do you like sushi and I was like yeah I do and he's like want to go grab sushi I'm like is this a date I I didn't know so that was college so that's what made me doubt it it's like I just that can be because that's like your final coming out of high school before you start college Mm -hmm. your confidence had been knocked by yeah yeah and my mom bless her I love her to death but my mom's always like it's because you're so beautiful and I just never felt that that was true I was like mom like (laughs) thanks but I don't think I'm over here just like whipping around in pure beauty like scaring the boys off I think like something else is going on (laughs) so I never really believed that either and I was like I don't I don't know about that I don't know about that yeah that really that I have to say I am surprised by that I because you you seem so confident to me and maybe your confidence has like built but I you know I always feel like boys are more attracted to confidence and like humor and Mm -hmm. both of those things you have in like abundance you know so I'm really I'm really surprised that's kind of like blindsided me I'm really surprised that no one would have asked you to prom I think like you would have been a great date maybe I scared them because I I yeah. was very confident in my humor my sense of humor and I yeah. don't know if my do sense think of humor like, is everyone's type of humor or do you think you were like the not tomboy but like that they saw you as like a friend because you were like funny and you were like the funny girl I think so <laughs> I literally think so I think my thing yeah. was just my stick was being the funny girl yeah. and I think yeah I probably made them like oh okay like, I I don't know. I always wanted to be more like Amanda Bynes when I was younger. Like, she's pretty, but she's really funny and, like, out there. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I can't really tell you guys. I don't know. But it definitely yeah, sucked yeah. at that time. That's I really good. felt yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, damn. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, babe. Yeah. Makes yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Um. So, yeah. Do you... But it's kind of cool though that you made it through mm-hmm. to like your early twenties before you really started feeling bad about your body, which is such a fucked up thing. To say. You know, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is, <laughs> it is, but it's, but it's true. Yeah, like I, I wasn't as focused on it, I guess, during my high school years. I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, twenties like was whack about my body. Yeah. It just all came like rushing back to the point where I was like, well now is the time to reinvent yourself no one knows you when you go off to college if you go where no one really knows you which is most of the places I don't think a lot of people are gonna go to the same college as you necessarily and I just like had this moment of like who is Janessa now you know and I was Mm. like I don't even know so I had to reinvent yeah what about you though I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the the question back to you how was your experience in high school's in high schools whoa how was your experience in high school with um feeling like attractive or unattractive or aware of your body um with that I think I I didn't have I I had boyfriends so like Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't like worry about my attractiveness in that same way like I I um I always had a boyfriend (laughs) I was like on to the next one uh, when one broke up with me um but funnily enough almost the other way that didn't help me feel good about my body like mm-hmm. okay if anything it made me feel it made me even more highly critical of my body mm-hmm. because I was like people need to find me attractive because like that's I felt like that was how I think I spoke about it in the beauty standards one I was like this is my worth is like people find me attractive and they find me attractive because I look a certain way and like I find these people attractive so I need to keep looking like them the Victoria's Secret models (laughs) because that's what other people find attractive so like yeah I think that actually fed into like quite an unhealthy um I definitely had an unhealthy relationship with my body from I don't know like early secondary school I was fine like 11 12 13 was fine and then I I broke up with a boyfriend 
um and then I like I kind of started like I don't want to say punishing myself with food mm. but that's, that's probably what that behavior was um I was like deeply unhappy so mm. like I think that just like came out in the way that I treated myself I didn't really take care of myself and I wanted I was like really unhappy with how that relationship ended so I was like trying to I don't know like build my build my worth back up in my mind but like become worthy again and I thought like the way to become worthy was to like be thin I guess mm-hmm. um but then I went on the pill when I was like 16 17 mm-hmm. and I gained so much weight um as oh. you do like I well, I think it was like a mix of like I going on the pill and also we I just got a bit older so like I could drive so I was like 17 you can get your mm-hmm. license when you're 17 in the UK so I was like out eating more fast food um got a job at McDonald's where you get free food so all of those things I had a bit of like a um a little weight gain vibe when I was like 17 mm-hmm. or maybe like 16 17 and then um I like I really didn't like that and then in my last year of college I would say that was like my most unhealthy my relationship was with like food and trying to be slim like I would eat I remember I would like literally like weigh out bran flakes which is like the most dry boring cereal oh my gosh you could yeah. ever do you know that like they're like brown soggy yeah, bits of those wheat are like a raisin bran is like what they're called yeah. here yeah oh, no girl I would That's like literally boring. have that for breakfast and I would have <laughs> like a tin of tuna for lunch What's, and what is that a tin of what tuna Tuna. Like the, I'm sorry, I misheard you. I'm sorry. I was like, I've never heard of tuna. Tuna, what is it? I'm sorry. Tuna. No, yeah, okay. Tuna. tuna. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I'd have a tin of tuna. Um, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to and point I was that like, out. No, no. I said no. it perfectly. I just, my brain short circuited and I was like, what's tuna? Oh, sorry. Oh, oh. sorry. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah and then I would have dinner because I like obviously live with my family but that mm. was like a major like that was like a major calorie restriction for me yeah um, and like a major like a discipline around food um and I was like literally doing like my final exams my a-levels mm. having eaten like bran flakes which is crazy um so yeah so that was that um not very healthy not very good did not feel good about myself um but then it got better in my 20s honestly mm. so it was like kind of the flip reverse the to flip. you like I didn't go to college um so yeah so like the first couple of years of my 20s was fine and then I got RA so mm. that kind of changed it again yeah and this, this is a good time to talk about how maybe having RA has changed our body image totally yeah then I think already in the 20s when it's difficult is like I don't know. You're going through a lot of changes in your 20s, regardless of going to college or not. Your 20s is like a time to really figure out what you want to do and like where you want to be. And to be honest, that actually is not just to your 20s. That's your whole life. But it really feels very intense in your 20s because it's like your first dip into that reality. And Yeah. um, yeah, so I think, you know, I feel like I've talked about it a little bit before, so I'll keep it brief. But with RA, I felt the worst about my body image um, when I was on prednisone. Yes. I had such a moon face. I retained a lot of water weight. Um, and it just made me feel so unattractive because I, I literally felt like I didn't recognize my face. Like, I yeah. would look in the mirror and I'd be like, I know that's me, but, like, I've never had my face be necessarily, like, fully round. Like, I'd feel like I probably have more of like an ovally face I don't know don't know my face yeah. shape but it's not that then I was like <laughs> okay so it just felt so weird to see that and I felt so disassociated from my body at that time I think that was it mm. it was like I know this is my body but I also know this is not really me like I just felt yeah. so disassociated from the body I was in at that time completely yeah uh, I didn't want to be in it anymore just in so many dark sad ways but specifically around weight it didn't make me feel any better with all the shit I was going through that I felt extremely unattractive 
and in tons yeah. of pain. I was like, how yeah. is it possible to feel these at the same time? I hate it. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. How is it possible? Yeah. Exactly how I felt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, moon face. Yes. Definitely experienced that. Um, yeah. And just the complete, the just dis- the disassociation and your body like failing you Mm -hmm. made me yeah I guess like just I was gonna say dislike but just like the frustration I felt Mm -hmm. with my body I felt let down by my body yeah felt like you know like my body was turning against me as if like I was a different entity to my body um yeah but then I think I've said before like the recovery from that so getting stronger after Mm -hmm. that period because for me I feel like I'm lucky to say like I had a really bad period and then it has been like Mm -hmm. an upward trajectory since yes and I don't and I don't think that's everyone and I don't think that's always going to be the case for me either but Mm -hmm. it has been I had a really bad spot and then it's got better um so the getting better the recovering my strength has been like the most powerful thing for me and I would almost say that that kind of healed my relationship with my body from my teenagers, because it was that. like I was like d- in a bad place. Then it got really bad rock bottom, and now I'm like, no, actually, this body is so much more than what I thought it was when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and it has a, a a higher purpose. And yeah, so yeah, I d- I definitely oh, I think that's that. been a positive that's come out of my RA. Yeah. I love that and you know it's interesting because like the you know the saying like beauty is in the eye of the beholder mm-hmm. that saying over there as well yep yeah we okay, got that one cool <laughs> yes sweet all right we got this <laughs> well I've been thinking about that a lot in terms of like body image like body image is in the eye of the beholder meaning like what has been fed to you and what has been your mm. experience around the way that you're supposed to look because that weighs so heavily on body image and like to me it's interesting because when you change your focal lens like you did there like now it's not you know the eye the lens you were looking through wasn't through society it was through the past of being in like a lot of pain and when you look through that lens then you're like oh this body is beautiful this body is good this body is like trying to Mm -hmm. heal it's trying to work with me um yeah. So I think it's just important too to like ask, you know, along your own journey of life, like who, like, what am I seeing? Like, what am I projecting onto what my body image has to be right now? And is it really me or is it kind of yes. the society I'm in right now, the time of my life I'm in right now? Like, mm-hmm. and then if you can decipher that, that's going to be huge for you because then you can yeah. really choose the lens you want to see yourself out of. Oh my God. Yes, exactly. And another one to add on to that is like, what's the media telling me, etc. But also, what are the people in your life telling you? Mm-hmm. Because there are so many other people in your life, namely mothers. Not my mum. Yeah. I have to say, this is this is not my mum. She's been great when it comes to body mm-hmm. image. But I see a mother daughter relationship frequently, like with other people mm-hmm. where I'm like daughters feel about their bodies the way mothers felt about their bodies yeah. it is mothers cannot help but project that onto their daughters I feel like if I knew mm-hmm. more about psychology I would be able to tell you about it but it's like a, yeah. it must be a weird psychological thing um mm-hmm. and I think that's something to really check yourself on is how much of how you feel about your body is behavior that you've learned from your mom or other women in mm-hmm. your life and how can you not bring that into your own self and your own like future family? Yeah, I love that. You know, like the, the whole almond mum. Have you seen oh that my God. on TikTok? Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's literally. <laughs> yep, I love that. I'd say, you know, that's so interesting because like I know my mom hasn't quite fully opened up about it, but she has my mom struggled with her weight for her most of her life. And um, my mom's like an athlete now. She's a runner. Mm. And she, in my opinion, is very petite. I think she's kind of tiny. But she doesn't think she is. 
um, wow. at all. Like, she's like, nope, I just have an athletic body. Like, I'm a larger build. And I'm like, mom, I can, like, no, you're tiny. So the way my mom perceives herself, the eye that she is yes. viewing herself out of is yeah. definitely different from the perception I have of her. Because I see my mom yeah. as a strong runner and um yeah mm-hmm. I, I just feel like yeah she does have an athlete's body but she is smaller and she concurs she's like I don't think so and I'm like what so yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's interesting that's the other thing too we um I think I it's kind of segueing into this but like we can never really assume who's gonna find our appearance the same way we do like we always yeah. like project that like if we if we think we look like crap everyone else does but that's yeah. not true and it's certainly mm-hmm. feels interesting once you have a partner who can like be real with you like I was in sweatpants and this sweater I'm still wearing last night and um I was I knew I was looking pretty rough like I already knew it and I was eating a piece of pizza in front of my husband and he was just like staring at me and I'm like please don't look at me I feel so gross right now and he was like you're so beautiful right now and I was like ew no but like he really meant it like he really was like damn that's my wife and um yeah so you just you really never know the eye that the viewer is perceiving you through which means Mm. that you should really only care about your perception you can't control other people's perception of you you just have to let it go yeah no beautifully said yeah that's so it is really easy to think if you're feeling shit that that is how other people see you but it absolutely is not and you're very lucky mm-hmm. that you have someone to reiterate that to you True. um yeah. yeah like a lot of people do not have that experience so mm-hmm. that's really zach coming up trumps yet again as Always. the best the best husband Always. ever <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no I love that but yeah it's it's so it is literally so insanely fucked how your brain can how brain your bad can how brain your bad how bad your brain can make mm-hmm. you feel about yourself is absolutely fucked is that like yeah. is the only way I can say it like mm-hmm. you know body dysmorphia etc like the fact that that even yeah. exists as a concept is wild and it's just a reminder of how powerful your brain is and that you you do need to check your own brain sometimes and be like is it really this bad can I really be like faster today than I was last week I don't think you really can be like maybe Mm -hmm. a bit of water weight depending on which part of your cycle you're in but you know Mm -hmm. you know when you're like I don't know I speak from personal experience to be on like weeks long like downward spirals of how I feel about myself and my body and like it, things cannot really be getting that bad that fast so yeah. check yourself in your brain because you're, you're you probably if you felt you looked good a couple of weekends ago you probably still do yeah <laughs> you exactly. can't have changed that much mm-hmm. I love that but yeah it's all like so interesting because the more the more you talk about the genesis of body image for someone the more we talk it out because this is almost like this is like a therapy session for me right now I'm loving this because I'm like oh my gosh I'm just gonna put it out there but like really the more you talk about it the more you kind of can conceptualize that it doesn't um not that it doesn't matter but it doesn't have to hold so much weight because Mm -hmm. then when you talk about it and you talk honestly and openly whether that be journaling with yourself or a friend or you even just kind of mumbling to yourself in the car or wherever you are right now listening to this like it's really unique because once you start to realize how minuscule body image can be if you allow it Mm -hmm. to be then Mm -hmm. you get to focus on the other side of body image which is just I believe the, one of the toughest things is self-worth it like really comes down to how do I yeah. feel about myself and like mm-hmm. if you can get to a place where you can really truthfully and honestly you know have a conversation with just yourself about how you feel your self-worth is right now mm-hmm. that's huge because even if you're like I feel worthless I don't feel attractive I don't feel like I'm mm-hmm. useful to society like you're not and then just you being able to say that to yourself shows you okay well how would I like to be how would I like to be in this world or for myself Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. 
don't know. Mm-hmm. I think those are just like big questions of life and you don't have to know the answers right away. But if yeah. you can see that side, you're ahead. Mm-hmm. You're very ahead of where you were. Yeah. Yeah. That's such, that I think, I can't remember if I've already said it while we've been recording this, but that is a really powerful, oh no, I have, I definitely said it, we were talking about it when you were doing your sports, but to reiterate the point once more, it's all about like doing something else. And it, and actually it doesn't have to be like your body, what else can your body do? But just realizing what else you produce, what your value is away from mm-hmm. what you look like, incredible incredibly powerful and will strengthening those other parts of yourself like what you do for your community what your interests are what your hobbies are what you produce like cooking cleaning whatever it is like what you physically do all of those things build your self-worth and all of those Mm -hmm. things will help you improve your body image if you do not change a thing about your training program like I would I would promise you Mm -hmm. you don't change a thing about how you eat maybe how you eat but you don't change a thing about your training program and you just for a month decide that you are going to be productive and what like however that looks to you you will feel better about your body by the end of that month I would promise you I would put money on it that if you start cooking something nice you start cleaning your space you start talking to your like you go out with your friends at least like twice or three times in a month I promise you you will feel better about your body by the end I love that I love that I'm like thinking too on like a spiritual level because I gotta mm-hmm. bring it in is like yes. sometimes I just allow myself to play with the concept that the body will not come with me after this lifetime but the soul will mm-hmm. so how can I enrich my soul on this journey um while enjoying the body I'm in like how can I enjoy the body but also recognize that the body is just a vessel right now um yeah for me to be in here but it won't mm-hmm. be my home forever you know yes. so I kind of think of it that way um and that helps me too like what am I doing that's soul enriching like how do I feel yeah. about that so great so great and focusing on your body everything it does like your organ thinking about your heart always gets mm-hmm. me like I think that's a very soulful spiritual thing as well like ch- checking in with your heart arguably the most important part of your body because <laughs> mm-hmm. you wouldn't be here without it um but yeah checking in with that and being like how do I feel about my heart today because it's part of my body and I love it mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for my heart thanks for my heart your lungs any of that any of that is all a really valid part of your body that is not related to your weight or your cellulite or your tits yeah totally yeah it's you know and another thing I was gonna put in here too is like like just so honestly with everyone listening that like I still struggle with body image and like Mm -hmm. I can see Mm -hmm. the other side of the coin the like self-worth but like recently something that's huge here Amy is like everybody's talking up Ozempic right now and like um a lot of different like weight management like prescriptions and I'm so frustrated like my entire feed on Instagram it's like spiritual stuff humor you know <laughs> quarter thorn and roses and then it's literally <laughs> ozempic commercials and I'm like stop like I don't want these so I I did select like on Instagram to like not see them anymore but the amount I've been bombarded with those commercials and just like their marketing is very strategic too because it's like oh drop like 30 pounds in like four months or whatever and it's like okay okay like I'm not (laughs) I don't want to turn this into a judgment thing because I do know people who have type 2 diabetes who are on Ozempic and I think that if that helps you manage your condition and move forward and out of it that's what it's for but Mm. taking this kind of medication my concern for people is that it's never going to get to the root of the problem. Like, if you're not really focused, like, on, like, bettering yourself and creating sustainable changes, then you're just going to end up off of it and going back to your Mm -hmm. old ways, and that Mm -hmm. just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. I got a lot of things to say there, but it did make me self-conscious, because I'm like, you know, there's people who I have seen taking it who are not type 2 diabetic, and they're 
definitely losing a lot of weight. Meanwhile, it frustrates me slightly because I'm climbing my bed off and I'm not seeing that like at all. And I'm like, what? So I have, I have to do more deep diving in on that. Like, why does that bother me so much? Or why yeah. do I view that as almost like cheating? Um, even yes. though it technically is not, you know? So I got some self-reflecting oh. to do and I just had to be open about that, that that's where my mind's been as far as body image lately. Just oh, kind of man. pondering that. So is Ozempic not a prescription drug? Can you just go and buy that? It is a prescription drug, but in the US there's a bunch of little brands like some are <laughs> well, maybe canceling any chance of us working with any of these in the future but one is like Noom and there's also a brand called Found and there's all these little brands where if you pay $500 down and then you pay $130 a month they'll have you meet with like a consultant who can prescribe you this and essentially they're going to prescribe you it like no matter what unless you have conditions that would make it fatal for you so yeah there's all these workarounds and uh, they'll just prescribe it. That and is so it's to your door. I know. So yeah, and that the hard part is people with type <laughs> two diabetes. There's a shortage of Ozempic right now, and weight loss drugs for the people who actually kind of need oh this because people are using it as like a lifestyle drug now. So anyway, it's interesting, and like the more I'm reading yeah. about it, like it's been huge in LA for years, but now it's coming out kind of more all over. But this would make sense for people we've seen drop like tons of weight really unrealistically without changing like in anything. Yeah, yeah. But doesn't I that mean, that makes me feel lied to as a little kid, as like a yeah. teenager too, who's like trying to, you know look at people but you're not getting the whole picture it's not legitimate it's not oh it's never the whole any anyone that's mm -hmm. like in the public eye is not it's never the whole picture like every single every single person you see on instagram has Mm -hmm. literally had their whole face (laughs) tweaked in a (laughs) subtle way and they are not honest about it and you have no idea but trust me it's happened it's that it's that vibe like and then it's the same yeah i mean oh god but the something about me it's not something about me it's something about a zempic mm-hmm. for me because don't you have to inject that yes it's a self like what is the what is the world coming to that like you're injecting people are injecting themselves and paying hundreds of dollars to to do something that you i mean you can do it naturally i'm sorry that you, but you can't <laughs> Like, it's true. Anyone can, any nearly anyone can lose weight. Like, th- there's a big disclaimer with different medical conditions, etc. Mm-hmm. But a, any healthy person can lose weight through exercise and diet. You can if you're not on any. Like, the fact that people would take a medicine and deprive people that actually need it so they can lose mm-hmm. weight is insane. Um, there's a big comment on where our society is at, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how. You, you did the right thing by blocking yourself from seeing them because that's something else I was going to bring up in this podcast is you need to remove sources that make you feel bad about yourself and like mm-hmm. you literally exactly did that with those adverts but it's the same with if you follow people on Instagram who you see some of their content and you're like that makes me feel negatively about myself mm-hmm. unfollow them immediately yeah. you have to totally so that's just again I think putting yourself and what you need ahead of what society is beckoning you to do or mm. be consumed by yeah you're not cons- you're not considering a Zempic are you me no no not right okay. now I'm considering getting a personal trainer um, oh that's cool I know it sounds kind of hot too I don't know why <laughs> I feel like <laughs> sorry this just took a, <laughs> a total turn, you guys. But it sounds hot. Like, I would love to just, like, have a personal trainer to go. I want to say I'm going to choose a girl. But I I don't know. I feel like the journey sounds hot to me. I don't know. I just yeah. thought I'm reading Sarah J. Mass. Yeah. I mean, hot on, <laughs> and from a hot or not point of view, our personal yeah. trainer is hot. Is it hot to have a personal trainer? Yes. Is so. the answer. Yeah. So, yeah, I completely get that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah no that sounds that sounds positive yeah so hopefully we'll see i don't know everything's expensive but mm. um i'll see and kind of like weigh that option because that's the other yeah. thing too is like i would 
like to with where I'm at right now with my body I don't quite feel at home in it I'm not sure I ever Mm -hmm. fully will but I know the steps I need to take to feel um grateful for my body and it is using it more in different ways yeah so like I am able to lift a little bit of weight you know like my right arm so I will have to take Mm. it easy but I will do it because my body can do it you know um so yeah I guess that's kind of where I'm at right now I'm always kind of considering what ways I can not only I don't like the word improve but just kind of reutilize my body in different ways and then grow a connection to it through Mm. through whatever mode I'm using it in no I I think that's yeah completely agree and it really resonates with me that you were saying I don't think I'll ever feel completely at home in my body because I feel the same Mm. I completely feel the same especially after the RA thing like I just feel like that kind of the way I see it like that kind of betrayal I'm like how Mm -hmm. could I ever trust how could I ever trust this body again yes Um, yeah that's something yeah so I I don't think I will it's so rare to be able to meet people in my opinion who have experienced like the deepest betrayal of life which is literally like your Mm -hmm. body not doing what it's supposed to do and you like and you're fully aware of it you're living in a body that's like not functioning correct and um yeah that's something that still just blows my mind that you've gone through that I've gone through that our listeners have gone through that you know it just like I love you guys that's all I can say like what what a feat to even be here like together talking about it instead of just Mm. living I don't know a life where you just keep that hidden that experience yeah yeah well, I think, you know, I feel like we really vented with you guys. I think yeah. you guys know <laughs> so where we're say. at with our body image. I, I feel like that was just, that was just like a vent with no positive conclusion. Okay. <laughs> just like, yeah, we hate it. Um, we're going to always hate it. See yeah. you next time. Let the light yeah. in. <laughs> Bye. But, but I guess to round, it, to round it off, you know. <laughs> This is like the first of, of, of a big conversation. And the yeah. best part is I hope that, you know, someday when we revisit this topic, we have, you know, growth from this episode for to share with you guys. But yeah. also I think it's just so important because it's just how it is right now. And it's okay that it's not perfect. It's okay that I, you know, don't feel like a hottie patati or whatever that would be at this time um but yeah it's just life sometimes things are a little bit hard and you just you just gotta work through it you can't bypass the experience and body image is hard you can't bypass it so that's so true it is so hard and I don't think any of us have the tools we're not given the tools to feel better about it (laughs) so like how like I think we're all just gonna go through life um trying to figure that out and yeah maybe no one has the answers truly about how to feel Mm -hmm. good in their body apart from like white men apart from like white middle-aged men yeah and if you do i mean dm us oh yeah if if that's your description maybe don't dm us (laughs) maybe just don't (laughs) whereas yeah i was thinking you know in the future too like this I'm so glad we did this episode together and like vented it out because eventually we will have like Allie back on who's a therapist and this might be a really good topic for her because now you've heard from our point of view and where we're at with the tools that we currently have and to hear the tools that Allie will bring or another person will bring will be very fascinating and to see how we can apply those yeah so yeah yeah that'll be positive but yeah it's good it's good to be real sometimes we're not trying we mm-hmm. never have and we never will sit here and be like we've got the answers we're your guides follow us like that was never the concept yeah. <laughs> the concept was always just like we're here together we're struggling mm-hmm. too and yeah, yeah as long as everyone listening to this feels seen um and yeah mm-hmm. hopefully that's hopefully it's validating yeah for the people listening mm-hmm. and the best part is i was gonna say as we end our episode 
that I think one of the unique things about podcasting is like we don't really get to see our guests in person. We only see them on a screen and the relationship we have to our listeners who reach out to us who we've never seen in person and our guests who we only have seen on a screen together is that we're not thinking of your body image. We are thinking of your kindness, your heart, like the soul you're pouring into that message. So there's Mm -hmm. so many of you like who have actually reached out to us and like we've said it before, but you know, we, we only know you on a soul level. You know, yes. we don't know you in real life and, and you're, and we appreciate your soul. I guess yes. that's all I can say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. What a lovely note to leave that on. Definitely. Yeah. All right, Wounded Healers. Well, see you again in two weeks. Enjoy your new year. Happy Until New Year's then. Eve. Um, yeah. yeah, this New Year's, remember to let the light in. Let it in, babes. Bye. Bye.